0: and protect every citizen from police brutality. When we come together, it becomes possible to bridge the gaps that plague our society and divide us from within. We the people means everyone.
1: Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's a great pleasure I have the opportunity presenting special guest Galen Hare to the show today. Galen is the owner of Insurance Claim HQ, He's a property insurance attorney who has helped over 10,000 families rebuild their homes and businesses. And he's been rated as a Super Lawyers Rising Star and voted one of the National Trial Lawyers Top 100. Galen, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks for having me, Jason.
1: Uh, Thanks for coming on. I wanted to ask you about the Level Up Claims Summit that is going to take place on June 9th in New Orleans. And I wanted to ask you, what inspired you to create this summit?
2: Yeah. So the summit was Like a long time in the making, but took a while for us to get off the ground. So, around the time of COVID, while we were all sitting at home, just had a long time to think. And my background is in insurance claims most recently. So, I was thinking about insurance claims, how they work, the contractors that are involved, the public adjusters, the attorneys, all the characters. And what kept coming back to me is that I spent a lot of time on the phone with these folks, and they spend a lot of time on the phone with each other talking about business, like how to grow your business, how to run your business, how to deal with your team, you name it. Not a ton of time talking about claims because there were all these conferences that they were going to that were teaching them like how to do all that stuff. Right. But they didn't have a resource for kind of business growth. And I was like, This kind of could serve two cool purposes. First of all, we could get these people in a room. And I believe that when you put people in a room, like good things can happen. And the second thing is we can use that collective power to find people and access people that maybe if you and I are on the phone, we might not be able to just dial up someone and get them to talk to us about how they grow a business. So that was the thought process and it took a while to figure out. It's not easy. It turns out to just put on a conference, but we had our first year last year and it was a huge success. So we're going to make it annual. So this year will be the second one.
1: What have you learned the most from putting on this summit last year?
2: Yeah, I think I knew that details are like, Very important. Right. And we did. I got to hand it to my entire team. We did a fantastic job. We didn't skimp on anything that didn't need to be skimped on and things like that. But putting on a conference is like a show. Right. And it's really like a play in some ways. And you have to think about everything. Lighting. Sound where people are going to sit, how they're going to sit, when you're going to take breaks, when they're going to eat, what are they going to eat? Are you giving them sandwiches that are going to cause them to leave and go eat lunch somewhere? Or are you feeding them well, so they'll pay attention? What are you going to do to break up monotony? Do you give them an agenda, right? That was like a huge hot button issue. Like you don't do agendas at the Level Up Claim Summit. And that was super controversial. I have seen at other conferences is you look at the agenda and figure out when you can take phone calls and when you can go do things. So it was so interesting. I think that was the biggest takeaway is that the whole thing has to be done with so much intentionality. So you're not just, hey, go get us a caterer. It's, well, who are our audience? Where are they coming from? Where are our speakers from? Is there a certain type of food that we want to bring to the table because it speaks to that group? Or so much more than just, what are your dietary restrictions, right? So it's like, you have to orchestrate this whole thing from the time the first person walks in to the time the last person leaves, every single piece of it has to be planned.
1: I can understand that. Literally, the a large clock and all the moving pieces have to coordinate and be in a certain direction for things to come together. Who would you say, if for my audience listening right now, who would you say would be a preferred guest to attend the conference?
2: Oh man, like a speaker or- coming, a person coming. Anyone like so if you are in so it's called the Level Up Claims Summit, because obviously it was originally designed for claims professionals. And there will be a couple of sessions about insurance claims that I think will be interesting to non insurance people. But a lot of it's focused on running a business, scaling a business, marketing, entrepreneurial stuff. There's actually one session, I don't think we've announced it yet. But there's one session that we're bringing in a speaker that just is absolutely moving. It it's good for an entrepreneur, but even anyone could benefit from it. What we're really going to do is dissect like why people can't make changes in their life, what the resistance to that is, and walk through the process for overcoming that. Not just like, hey, be tougher. Don't eat that hamburger so you can lose weight. Or hey, you're out of shape, so go work out. Or hey, you can't make more money, so send your resume out. Not. It's not that simple. And we're we're actually bringing a speaker that has really dissected like why people can't make changes in their life. And that's going to be a huge session where we're literally going to go through with the audience. What are the challenges you're facing? What are the things you can't change? And then identifying why you can't make those changes in your life so you can overcome that. So honestly, anyone could benefit, but really any entrepreneur, I think will get a lot out of it.
1: I love that. What do you think uh, attendees should expect to learn from attending the summit
2: this year? This year, they're going to learn all sorts of things. They're going to learn some kind of next level marketing stuff, which will be good for anyone that's kind of entry level, mid level, or even higher level marketing. They're going to learn a lot about kind of dealing with the team, working with people, and they're going to learn how to make the changes in their life and their company that they want to make, assuming that they're having trouble making those. And I think we all are having problems with that. But the cool thing about it is they'll get all that content, but I'm not selling anything. So. Gave us this one up because we can pull in these really good speakers. There's so many industry conferences across every industry where it's like pay to play. You take a sponsorship and someone gets on stage, right? So no one is allowed to pitch you on stage. No one is allowed to try to sell you anything. And I won't be selling you anything either. So it's it's just pure content. So if you want to come and learn, it's a good, safe environment to do that in. I want to ask
1: you, I was looking at the information. It had different levels of tickets. And I was going to see if you could explain the difference between the general admission tickets, gold level and platinum level tickets.
2: Yeah. So the first year we ever did it, we did it in a concert venue and that had some pros and cons. The pros is like this big open space. The cons were they really didn't like having a non-music event there, which I was very surprised by. So this year we moved it to the Orpheum Theater. And the difference between the tickets really has to do with seating. So we're sold out of the top level platinum. Those are gone. And that really is like front row. Plus there's some additional things. So gold ticket would be like the next one that's available. That's going to be on the floor right up in the stage. You're going to get to interact with the speakers. There'll be giveaways and stuff, but there'll be the food will be a little bit better just because we can afford a little more. You get to meet the speakers. Well, we actually are recording everything but we're not making it available to the public. Like We're not going to go sell those recordings or anything. So you get access to those recordings, assuming that you get that ticket. But that's on the floor. So then because it's a theater, we've got all this floor seating and then we've got these mezzanines. So the general admission is really the mezzanine seating. So if you don't care, if you don't need to be down there in the action, you feel like you can still absorb. That's a fine ticket to purchase. You just won't get to We the speakers only have so much time during breaks to do meet and greets. So you just don't we just don't have that opportunity for them. but that's the biggest difference and the price we're not again we're it's not a money making endeavor for us. So the price is like super low. so I think it's one hundred and fifty dollars for the floor seating, which is the gold ticket and then for the general, it's just 50.
1: What would you recommend to anyone listening to to this interview right now that may not have a lot of experience with insurance or claims handling type stuff, but they're interested want to learn about the other stuff. What would you suggest to anyone in our audience? Would you suggest that they come to the event? With an open mind, what advice would you give?
2: Yeah, for sure. I think even if you're not in claims and you don't want to be in claims, you should come anyway. On the couple of claim sessions, and there's really only a couple, you will learn a lot anyway because some of that stuff will apply to other things and it'll be helpful in your life. But there will be so much other content. For instance, just the resistance to change presentation. Most people would pay more than the tickets cost just to go do that. And so there's so much value. The ticket price is really just to offset our costs. Can you tell us a little about the featured speakers at the event? Yeah. So we have a few that we've announced already. Raul Hernandez Ochoa is going to be speaking, which I'm really excited about. Raul, I did a podcast with him and I do believe it's come out since then, but Raul's fantastic. He has worked all over the country with fortune 500s and private equity funds and he's done a lot of scaling and one of the cool things about Raul like one of the things i found to be the most powerful is that Raul really pushes like how to get your team aligned how to work with them and what to do with that team in like the couple of hours i've spent with him he has changed the way our company works which is really cool and that's really neat so part of this is totally selfish right which is in the process of finding these speakers booking these speakers getting these speakers, like getting them on board. I get to go to all these different business people, figure out like what motivates them, what drives them, what they have to offer. And then if, and I I like, there's too much to put at one event, but if I like it and I think it's really good, then I put it on the program. So Raul's amazing. He's going to be talking a lot about kind of scaling the business, how to get your business rolling, how to move your business forward he'll be great. As I mentioned, we'll be doing a resistance to change. That's a huge presentation in and of itself. It's not, by the way, none of these are like 15 minute in and out. Hey, what can you find? Every single one of these is 45 minutes to an hour and a half, depending on like how much time we need to get through the appropriate stuff. So none of it is like in and out, all of it's in depth, right? The resistance to change, I think we set aside like an hour and a half.
1: You resist change and everything in life Most of us do anyway. So it'd be great to have that kind of topic on the agenda to talk about.
2: What we're doing is more of, it's a talk, but it's also more of an exercise. So it just takes time. You have to go through that. So he's going to talk and he's going to make his presentation. But in the middle of that and during that, he's actually going to go through it and say, okay, go through, write down right now, like a problem you're having. Now let's go through this exercise together. So I think ultimately at the end of the day those things just take a while if that makes sense and I did it once. So none of this is like all of this is pre-screened, right? We're not just hoping that we can pull it off. Specifically like I went to Costa Rica for a different with a group and I specifically like did this entire exercise with them. So I know how it pans out. Like I and I guess I'm trying not to give too much away cuz I don't want people to prejudge it cuz it's one of those, you have to be there, but you have to be there because what you'll leave with is like actionable. Okay. If I work this into my routine, my daily life, my weekly routine, my monthly routine, whatever it is, I'll start to be able to make changes that previously I was having trouble making. And I didn't understand why I love using losing weight because everyone has dealt with that at some point. Why do you have trouble losing weight? Everyone that markets to you, like fitness people, diet people, they will tell you it's just lack of discipline. You just need to have discipline, right? Yeah. But it turns out scientifically, that's not actually why. It's not that you lack discipline. It's that you mentally have gone through all these other things and made all these other commitments and you have to go about undoing those commitments and identifying those. It can be something so simple as food is a de-stressor for me and that's what I need to de-stress. If you know that, then you need to go identify other things to de-stress. That's funny. But just having some fitness coach yell at you online or in person, you need to be more disciplined. It's not going to make that change for 90% of the population. And I don't care whether that's like losing weight or scaling up your business or putting in that hiring process like you never did. You have to go through those exercises. Raul will be there. We'll do the resistance for change. There will be a couple of other claims people. And then I think we have a couple that we're really excited about that we haven't yet announced, but we'll be covering some really cool marketing and personal development stuff as well. That's great. What type of networking opportunities exist for anyone attending the event? Yeah. So I find conferences are three things, right? They can be one of three things or a mixture. They're like exhibiting where people are there selling you stuff. We're not doing that where it's all networking and everyone goes out and drinks all night and then misses the sessions during the day or it's educational, but it tends to be boring. So what we've done is it's more fast paced. There's music, there's lights. We don't want you sitting feeling like you're sitting in like a continuing education, falling asleep all day. So the trade-off to that is that because it's not boring like that, there's not a lot of talking during the sessions. So what we've done is obviously in the morning, there will be some networking opportunities. There will be some breaks throughout the day for networking. And then there will be a reception afterwards. And the reception will be great. We're bringing in a huge cover band from the New Orleans area, but they're fantastic and put on a great show. Typical... With me and our law firm, of course, we always pick up the tab. So there'll be food, there'll be drinks. And that'll be the time that like, you'll have basically as long as you want to kind of network to your heart's content. And by then, you will have gone through so many of these sessions, including that like transformative opportunity. So it'll really be an opportunity for you, like you'll have that connection with those people because you went through that. So by the time you're really networking, you're going to have so much to talk about. And I think that's hard, right? Some people do well, but some people have like imposter syndrome when they step into a room and they feel like they shouldn't be there or they can't be there. So we're really trying to create an environment where everyone feels comfortable with each other and they're willing to network and talk to each other.
1: In reference to your own personal background, I find it rather extremely compelling and interesting. I wanted to ask you from your own personal ex- experiences, what have you found from your personal Challenges in life that has helped guide you to become where you are now. What's been your most significant obstacle that you overcame?
2: Ooh, is there one thing? I think I have a weird background for a lawyer, at least, which is that I'm what we call non traditional. So I went to music school, got my degree in opera. I think I definitely use that side of my brain a lot, and that helps. But it's not just that, I think it's really my upbringing. I grew up in Texas. I did not come from any money. I knew I would, I started working at 13 years old, right? Work ethic has like never been the problem. But I think in some ways, like had I not had that opportunity to work at a young age while also going to school and pushing myself and having that kind of mental and emotional support from my family, I don't think I'd be here today. I just, I don't see it. Starting to work at 13, like I'm not advocating you put your kids to work or anything, (laughs) but starting to work at 13 really changes your adolescent experience. And I think as a result that just fundamentally changes who you are as an adult, like I laugh when people are like, oh, I'm so tired I've been working such long hours. And I'm like, I've been going 60, 80 hours a week since I was 13 years old. So I don't really get it.
1: When you're passionate about what you do, there's no such thing as a time frame, right? It's just like, you love what you do and you're just so immersed in it. It's not going to be something you're restricting yourself with.
2: Oh, I feel you. But I was doing it when I hated it. I was an overnight room service server at a big hotel. Not my flow state, like at all. But I was doing that while I was in college. So I would go to school from nine to four, go home, crash, get to work at 11, work from 11 to seven. Yeah, go back to school in the morning. So I'm not going to lie to you and tell you I loved the job. It sucked. There were fun moments for sure. Like it doesn't suck as a 19 year old young man to work overnight things, you hear things, you have fun, but it wasn't my flow state at all. And I left music school because it wasn't my flow state. So I think that was a big part of my background is even when I wasn't necessarily fulfilled, I still had the ability to just work and work. And I see that all the time. Money is just what it is. Like You either make it or you don't. And if you want more, great, go get it. And if you don't want more, That's great because that means you're in a position where you feel financially secure and and happy. But I do see a lot of people that want seven-figure results and put in five or six-figure hours. And that's never been been my approach.
1: Can you tell us a little about your podcast so our audience will know about that
2: and where they can find you? Yeah, so the Level Up Claims podcast is an evergreen version of the summit. When I put was putting the first summit together, I was interviewing all these speakers and I'm talking to them for 15, 20, 30 minutes at a time. They won't talk to you too much until you commit to paying them. And I'm just learning all these things. And I'm like, wow, like I could do an event a year. And next year, we're actually gonna expand it to two days because we just literally run out of time. But it still isn't enough, right? If I'm interviewing 50 people, let's say 10 of them I think are great but I can only put six or seven at the summit. So great, push the next three. But maybe then I interview another 30 people and I like 25 of them. So what we really have done is done this podcast as like a weekly thing. but It comes out every single Wednesday and it's just each session or each each episode is just a different person. There's not one specific theme, I wouldn't say. It's more general. So what I'm doing is interviewing a lot of business people And not all of them are business people. Some of them are very definitively not business people. And just asking them the questions that like I want to ask them. And I think you would want to ask them if you were talking to them. What makes you successful? What makes you not successful? What are the pinch points you have? We just recently did an episode with Elizabeth Calzadilla. I believe she's 28 years old and runs a seven-figure company and is a high school dropout. And she's not like a high school dropout. Oh, haha. She came from money and someone funded her. She's like a single mom, high school dropout, 28 years old, running a seven figure company. So we got to spend a lot of time like digging in. What made you successful? What was your trick? What drives your business now? How does it work? It turns out she only works like 20 hours a week now. She wasn't. She was working 90 hours a week, but now she works 20 hours a week. So going through things like that, some of them are claim specific, like we'll talk to some claim people from time to time, but all the way from like Patrick Culahan, who's like a Top Gun fighter pilot. And he talks about the importance of debriefing within your business and your organization to Joey Coleman, who talks about how to never lose a client by providing an excellent client experience. So all the podcast really is me just taking these amazing people who have mastered like one or more areas and spending 30 minutes to an hour just like digging into who they are how they got there and trying to pull as much advice out from them as I can and just packaging it up for everyone to listen to anytime they want
1: the one thing I love about podcasts I feel like you learn from each person you talk to in your own way and it's, it's just such an amazing opportunity it's like your window on the world having these different guests come on and share their expertise and you get to present it and share it when you' having your own podcast I was ask you creative a flow what do you find in your own like experience with this and your own creative flow, coming up with the guests, coming up with the programming, uh, making adjustments? What have you found to be the most rewarding aspect of that for you?
2: It's the it's actually the conversation. So I hate the flow. I, I hate the flow. I hate. I love the process of going and finding the guests, but I will be honest. I know what I'm good at and what I'm not. I have stepped back and let people on my team do the scheduling, and the coordinating. I want them to tell me was coming on the podcast, he or she finally said yes. Here is a copy of the book he or she wrote, if they did, so I can read it. And here's some background research. And then what I really enjoy from the entire process is just that conversation. We edit it. So if there was anything weird or goofy, we get it out. So it's like more power pack content. But when you think about it, that's really cool. Because that means the 30-minute episode, let's say 27 minutes of actual talking between intros, outros, and cut-ins... The 27-minute episode, I probably talked to that person for an hour to two hours. I'm getting so much out of that even more than the podcast is because I can't possibly put it all on there. I'll never get two hours of people's attention. But I have Aaron King's a great example. She does like a social media. She goes digital persuasion, like through social media. So not marketing, but how to actually create a compelling persona and get people's engagement, right? That was like an hour and a half conversation I could never put it all in the episode, but I feel like it has just changed my outlook on people, my outlook on the way people interact, and the way that I communicate with people.
1: Your stats for insurance claim HQ is very impressive. Can you tell us a little about how you started the firm and where it's been since the last six years? Because it seems meteoric, is what I would describe the term to be for its growth and success.
2: Yeah. So I started like a lot of lawyers did on the defense side was at a big firm, then a slightly smaller firm. And in 2011, I struck out on my own with a couple of friends from law school. That was our first firm, Verati Heron, Checky. A couple of years later, we merged with another firm. So then we had another name. And I was miserable. And I didn't quite realize how miserable I was. My mentor once said something to me, and I didn't realize how true it was until I got to that point. He said, in any business no one pays attention to the problems while you're busy because everyone's happy. But what happens is those problems just get bigger and bigger while you're not paying attention to them. So then when you're not busy, you look around and you're suddenly miserable. So we were growing this firm. It was a decent sized firm, big for the region, for sure. I'd really gotten into property casualty. I had this great team. We were doing great on claims and not and I was not paying attention to the business at all because and I didn't want to look at the problems. So COVID hits. And everyone's suddenly like at home doing whatever they're doing. And what I was doing is looking at my business and wondering how it became something that I didn't want it to be. So on August 1st of 2020, I left, I surrendered my partnership interest, knowing that I would never get paid or treated appropriately (laughs) as a result of that. But nevertheless, I surrendered my partnership interest, turned it in, let them have it (laughs) and opened my own firm. So Insurance Claim HQ. And that's how we were born. We were born on August 1st of 2020. We were seven people. We had almost nothing in the bank. I was putting in all my own personal funds. And I was happy with that because I knew I had to build it. And today we're what, like 94 people. But more importantly, the way we treat people is the way I want people to be treated. And so many businesses lose sight of it. It's so simple. But we have something called, Jason, you and I haven't gotten into this too much yet, but we will. Because first, we're focused on our big office, which is in New Orleans, which has about 72 people in it. But there's this thing called the platinum rule. And it's so interesting, which is we all know the golden rule, treat other people how you want to be treated. But the platinum rule is treat people how they want to be treated. Do a lot of things here that I had never done before. Like Before we hire support staff, we give them all personality assessments. Why? That makes no sense. Because we work together, right? Yeah. Make sure they can work together, but also just know how they work. Right. We do assessments like some people need praise that feeds them. Other people are very turned off by praise and knowing that makes a big difference in how you treat people, which ultimately makes a big difference in how happy they are, which then makes a big difference in terms of client results. I can understand.
1: If somebody doesn't have the different love languages, they call it, Whereas people have their own way of expressing themselves. I could see where that would make a lot of sense in the work environment. That makes a lot of sense to me. In reference to what you're looking at right now, and the fact that the firm's only existed since 2020, where do you see the firm going in the future?
2: So in a perfect world, I keep saying, I wish we weren't needed because I just would like to see insurance companies just pay claims. So I don't really know what the future holds for us. we're going to continue to go where we're needed. We started in Louisiana, then developed a Florida presence. We've got a little bit of a presence in the Midwest. And for me, my goal is eventually for carriers just to pay claims fairly. And then uh, you and I'll go bartend somewhere.
1: (laughs) I love that. I I know we're running a long time. I just want to ask you this. The last words that you'd leave us with, what would you say to anyone who wants to go to the event and they're on the fence? What would you tell them to persuade
2: them to go? When you are trying to decide whether to invest in your own personal or your business development, there's really only a couple of factors that matter in my mind, which is number one, will this help me improve as a human? And number two, will this help my business improve so I can do better for my clients or my customers? And as long as you make decisions based on that, it's pretty simple. So I would think if you want to either better yourself or you want to get better results for your clients or customers, It's a no-brainer to go. I love that.
1: I want to thank you for coming on today and just sharing this information because I felt like it really has notable qualities to it. I think anyone from the audience that can pick up and go and attend the event will benefit greatly from this summit itself. I just want to thank Galen for coming on the show today and sharing his background experience and the Level Up Claim Summit coming up June 9th. It's going to be at the Orpheum Theater in New Orleans. I'll be there. Highly recommend anyone in the audience interested and want to learn more about this stuff. I'll have the information in the show notes. I'll have Galen's information as well. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Stay positive because when you're positive, anything's possible.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook. And don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore.
2: Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy to ESG, and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed.
0: the electric acid. the electric acid. Electric acid.